What's up, guys, and welcome to another episode of RA Radio. I am Evan, and this week we are doing a slightly different episode. We don't have a guest. It's just Rome and I talking about the RA Open, which just ended. So we just wanted to say thank you so much to everyone who participated, whether you were um, not in the Open but were doing the workouts in class, if you were cheering people on, if you were a judge, if you were doing it to be competitive or just doing it for fun We're really glad that you were a part of it. This episode does sort of focus on um, more, I guess, of of the competitive side of it. So talking about um, what what are the strategies for approaching these workouts? What are the things you can do to get better at these workouts? Um, So I'm sure everyone will have something they can get out of this, but this is slightly more focused on the competitive side. Rome talks about his thoughts programming these things. I talk about my experience as an athlete, which was mostly to be in extreme pain and try to figure out how to be in less pain. Um, But yeah, overall, I think it's a good episode. I will put out up front um, that I admittedly it was not as connected throughout the Open to the women's leaderboards. Um, and so I, I, you know, I mostly am able to talk about what's going on with the guys and sort of who did what. Um, but overall I saw a lot of people throw down, really glad to see everyone push themselves, try new things, get new skills. And, uh, you know, in skills they didn't have, just spend the time working up against the time cap and putting in reps. You know, I think there's, there's a lot of, uh, respect I have for anyone willing to do that. So, We'll be back with a regular guest episode soon. Um, We were hoping to be able to highlight more different people's um, highlights of their own experience in the open, but we didn't get quite as much feedback as we were uh, maybe expecting on the Facebook page. So we can bring that in next week. If you have a highlight of this open, if you have a follow-up question after hearing this podcast, anything like that, um, you can either email it um, to Rome or Kate, or you can post it on Facebook. There's a comment thread associated with this episode where we asked about people's highs and lows. You can go in there, um, send any questions you have, you know, your favorite moment, the hardest thing you did. We would just love to hear about all of it and would love to share it with uh, the people here. So without much more ado, announcements, we don't have a whole ton going on. Couples Comp is this weekend. You can still get in on that. There's no entry fee. There are no t-shirts. Um, so if you just want to come get in a slightly higher volume Saturday, it's not going to take super long. I believe Rome said that we're expecting to be done by like 11, 1130, something like that. Um, so you can come in on a Saturday. If you don't have a partner and want to do it, hit up Rome. Um, we can see if we can find you somebody, but it's a lot of fun. I did it with Matt last year and, uh, I'm going to be in town after all this year. So Matt and I are doing it again, which is going to be a regular old party and a half. But uh, yeah, hopefully I'll see you guys there. And otherwise, let's get right into this episode. Redo yesterday. Okay, so you're going to hop in and do yesterday over? I don't know. It's one of those, like, at this point, there's <laughs> there's really no good reason not to. Sure. Like, I mean, it's just I, a snatch and clean and jerk. And if you right. have a better day, you have a better day. Right. And it's one of those, like, the at the end of the day, uh, I was happy enough with how snatching went, given that I, like, cool. haven't done it in a long time, really. Um, and it is a skill. And yeah. It's a required skill with practice and all that fun stuff. Right. And, like, I haven't, I don't think I've, like, even trained snatches consistently at all since, like, October. Sure. So, so that's a to long come time. In, yeah. And to, like, my previous... Really ugly Misfits PR was 175, and so I like hit 172 and a half with like a I think a slight soft elbow or yep. whatever, 
Um, but like it, it was definitely prettier than the 175 I got last time. So I was like, Good. whatever, I'll take that. You know, it's close enough to a PR for not having touched it. Yeah, I mean, if I you have, look at how new you are to that movement and you haven't practiced it in six months, right? That's a big deal, right? And I have no clue what was wrong with my ability to jerk anything yesterday. It sure. was like just warming up. It was the it was uh. And I think that's part of the hard thing is like when it's not there, getting over that mental hump with it of like, what is wrong with me? Because yep. I was like, I want to open at 225 because that's not a hard clean and jerk for me. Sure. And I went up to pick up 215, I think, and it like didn't go at all. And I was like, oh, this Whoa. isn't good. And then I went 205 and was still sketchy. And so I don't know. You know, it's just one of those didn't have a good day. Um That's um. so a lot of that. I So from your traveling, I would assume that some of that neurological fatigue. You're yeah. mentally tired. Your nervous system is tired. So I you go to move and you're for like, three hours. Yeah. How, how the fuck do I do this? I don't even know how to, like, you know what I mean? Your brain's just not firing as quickly as it right. could be. Um, and that's, it's also interesting because it plays into the format of a weightlifting meet. Uh, that happens. Yeah. And that happens in weightlifting meets where, like, maybe your snatch goes really well, clean and jerk doesn't go really well. Maybe your snatch sucks, clean and jerk goes really well. It's right. very far and few between where both are on point and go really, really well. Right. Yeah, and I mean, I think I think you even saw that a little bit yesterday, where I think Wace, Wakely missed his last snatch, but then PR'd his clean and jerk. Yeah, and his last snatch wasn't even super heavy for him compared to past PR. So yeah. it's interesting to sort of see what people make and what people miss. You know, Jez missing another clean and jerk, and then it was interesting. Obviously, the like weightlifting rules of it all were interesting yeah. too. I that's I so I really enjoyed the aspect of being able to take two movements that everybody in the gym has done. And bring them into the sport of those movements yeah. and kind of show everybody the difference. And what I think is interesting is now everybody's introduced to a sport and maybe that sparked a fire for one or two people where they're like, that was fun. Yeah. That was really interesting. It's something that maybe I could practice and maybe they get into the sport of Olympic weightlifting. And yeah. that was kind of my goal behind it of let's just change this. It's the same, but it's different, right? Yeah. I mean, you've all snatched and clean and jerk, but now I'm asking you to do it perfect. Right. Right, yeah, and it's definitely, it's a whole game changer, and it was funny even just listening to sort of the, the conversations in the warm-up area of everyone being like, what are you doing, and this this large degree of like, I know what I can hit, I don't know what I can hit and make it snappy, you yeah. know, like, I could make this, but I don't know if it's going to count, and so it sort of adds this whole other level, you know, and it, I think it's an interesting, it's a fun curveball, but I think probably more of a curveball for those of us who don't normally think about that you know sure. like it's one thing where like yosh probably knows what his like snappy is going to get green lit you yep. know snatches where we know what our snatches but we don't know that part yep. and so you're playing a little bit of a guessing game with yourself and that is definitely the lifespan of an athlete so the longer you do it i know for me to hit an optimal weight for myself yeah it has to be perfect like yeah. it, would, it would meet all the standards because the mechanics to be perfect would op like optimize the heaviest weight possible right where if i'm a little off and i drop an elbow that weight's coming down on my right. head. I can't press back out weight that's that heavy. Um, so it just talks about like that lifespan of the athlete. As you guys improve and you increase, and you're like, I can't catch a jerk and press it out because that shit's too heavy. If right. my elbow bends with that jerk, it's coming back down on my head. Right. Um, but I, I think it was a really interesting event, especially because everyone was on the same playing field, right? Yeah. Same platform, same weights, same barbell, same three judges, same timing protocol everything's uniform so there's nowhere you can be like well so and so might not i mean like there's no exceptions to the rule it's right this is it follow through right and again we tried to open it up where if people didn't want to do that they had all week and they have today is sunday they had today to do it as well mm -hmm. too yeah but it was a lot of fun open overall super fun 
Um, I'm would, definitely glad it's over. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that was the common uh, thread. Everybody they talked to, they're like, "This is the last week, right? Yeah, like, we're done, right? I'm like, yeah. yeah, don't worry, we're all done. Um, we'll give some couple makeups here or there if people were traveling or they were sick or something or they were injured and they have a couple days to get it done. Beyond that, scoring is over. Scores are in. I think this is our sixth annual. It might have been our fifth. It might be the sixth. Either way, yeah. Um. I was happy with this year. I think it was a good year. I think it was a fun, interesting year, pretty dynamic mix of different workouts, time domains, energy systems. That were, I mean, they're all kind of the same energy system when you're talking about aerobic or anaerobic or creatine phosphate. They're yeah. all aerobic because they're all longer than – actually, that's a lie. Yeah. Yesterday was not. Yesterday yeah. was the creatine. Yesterday was that five-second yeah. big powerful lift. But beyond that, everything's pretty much aerobic in terms right. of even the run row. It's three minutes. Well, guess what? That's your anything right. beyond forty-five seconds is not anaerobic anymore. Right. Heavily, uh, you know, uh, what is it? Glycolytic aerobic, though. Not yeah. a lot of like sixty-minute, ninety-minute. Nope. You know, pure, more like fat, oxygen heavy. Yeah, and we were pushing a lot of that lactate threshold. Like, yeah. How how long can you get into a workout before your legs burn up, your chest burns up, your arms burn up? And how long can you sustain that? Right. And do you know your own pacing? Can you like ride that line a little bit underneath it and hold that tempo hard so you don't blow up? Right. So, I mean, I think talking about the open, um, you know, there's sort of uh, what to me, what makes the open very different from normal stuff here is that it's, you know, it's competition versus training at the end of the day. Right. Yep. Like there's a I want to put down the best time, the best score, the most reps, which I think the maybe there's a common perception that that's the goal every day, but maybe it shouldn't be. Like I you agree. don't necessarily have to totally sell your soul on every training workout, um, but there is a little bit of a a mindset difference. A giving it you know 110 percent as opposed yep. to 85, 95 percent, whatever else. Um, and I think that's probably something that that is a different feeling for people. You know, yeah. uh, who sometimes maybe don't push themselves quite to that redlining point. Who don't quite. Um, hit that and it's been really cool to see people um you know dig into that and see what they can come out with and i think even for myself like that th those were my favorite moments from this open were the moments where like my expectation of what i thought i was capable of ended up sort of getting blown out of the water is a strong word but like where it was the same thing that happened at misfits this year with the clean and jerk sure. coming in i had a shoulder injury yep. i'd been missing 210 all week warming up and stuff like i was just this is not gonna go Trail well and starts pumping yeah and then all of a sudden on that day it was like my my best case scenario was to um hit 255 because that was what i had hit in the open last year or whatever. sure and uh ended up getting it and it was just the i think all that you know for anyone who's seen the video all that like emotion was just that, like i thought this was never gonna happen you know and then somehow it <laughs> yep. did and you get all this this cool feeling and it was sort of the same which thing. is amazing yeah I mean, that's amazing it was really cool but the same thing happened to me this year coming in uh like the row run <laughs> for anyone who was here on that day i was like mentally going into it i was like okay like i think 310 is a uh, realistic 305 or something would be like great and I, but there was this tiny thing in the back of my brain that I was like, I think I can go sub three. Yep. I, and I really, and I like, I was up all night thinking, just playing over in my head, like, how am I, I going to pace this? How am I going to split this? And, uh, cause I think I got 308 or 309 earlier in the week when I tried it once with Brandon. Sure. And then I came in, hit the thing and someone goes 259 and it was like, just this, like, yeah, just all that, awesome. that feeling of, uh, you know, the thing you, you didn't think you could do. And to me, that was the thing of this open 
that was most encouraging, like regardless of sort of how the leaderboard played out, the the moments that were awesome were the moments where I was able to outperform my own expectation, regardless of how anyone else did. And the moments like yesterday were disappointing, not because everyone else lifted well, but just because I know I should be able to lift sure. better. You know, like I don't really care at the end of the day where I end up on the leaderboard. And that was a big thing for me going into this open, even just training for the 50 miler and stuff is like, I'm not trying to win this necessarily. Sure. I mean, I your whole effort isn't there, but you want to do it the best you can. Right. I want to, I want to push my own potential and whatever else. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was really cool. I'm, I think uh, I still would be curious to see. We didn't get quite as much feedback as maybe I would have hoped, but I'm curious to hear like what people's um, own like moments they surprised themselves were, you know, because I'm sure a lot of people had that. I I know there's a lot of PRs. And one thing that you guys all saw that's done the open previously is I like to repeat workouts, Um, not the whole thing, but I like to repeat workouts so people can see their progress. Mm -hmm. Um, Even if they don't know they progress, when all of a sudden they repeat a workout and they're like, wow, I did... 20 more reps than I did a year ago or two years ago. Wow, right. I did way heavier weight or something like that where it's really interesting to me to show people you are improving. And this is a, a great test because it's a year-to-year-to-year thing where it's not like a month ago or two months ago. It's your general fitness has gone up that much. You're generally that much more of a, a stronger human being. Like I was just looking back at WAD 1, which was the dumbbell snatches and the burpee box jump overs. The worst workout of this whole thing. That workout came up in the CrossFit Open. Uh, it was 17.1, so 2017. It was the first workout of the CrossFit work, uh, the Open. Um, I did that workout in 2017. Um, I watched everybody else do that workout. We played with that workout once before in the Open, and I really liked it. And I liked it because it's not skill intensive. You know what I mean? Like most everyone can dumbbell snatch no matter what the weight might be. And you can do a burpee box jump over or a burpee step over. So the skill level isn't super high. Mm-hmm. The weight is a manageable weight, but it will push people um, to move that weight, right? Mm -hmm. Because it's still heavy enough where it hurts, but it's not so heavy where you have to get out of a bad position or have to get get out of a good position. You can stay in your good positions, Mm -hmm. move the way you want, but it's going to challenge you. And I knew that was just going to crush people. Like, that's just one of those ones where it's, what was it, 20 minutes? Um, yeah, 20-minute time cap. And if you finish it, you're finishing it just under 20 minutes. Yep. Like, that's pretty much, I was looking at Unless 20 minutes Chris of work. Jez. <laughs> yeah, and that, I mean, Jez has done that workout before. And I remember watching him do it in 2017, and he smashed it then yeah. the first time through. Um, but that workout puts a hurt on people. And I thought that was a great way to kind of kick off this year of being like, hey, this is what's coming. Get ready for the year. Like you're, you're gonna put some work in this right. year, which I thought was fun. Yeah, definitely. I really, I mean, I enjoyed and hated that workout at the same time. <laughs> um, you know, it that was of course the most pain cavey I've I think I've ever gone into. Really? A, uh, yeah, it was just like that. Uh, and Matt said the same thing actually right after he finished it. Was he was like that whole last round was the most blacked out I've ever been. Um, but it <laughs> was awesome. just a. Uh, I think I will say. There's a special kind of blackout that also involves like box jumps. Sure. Where it's like you can be blacked out and running or something and it's like you just keep moving, but there's something about that fear of eating it that mm-hmm. makes the like the the being super toxic and, and just lung burny horrible. And I think um, um go ahead. If you've ever hit your shin before, oh yeah. That fear is very real. Like, yeah. If you've ever really smashed your shin on a box and you're like, I never want to do that ever again. Yeah. Um so it, and it's that mix of like how far do I let myself go down this rabbit hill of dying right. and still be able to jump? Right. So that was one of the things that I sort of wanted to touch on with like something like this. So you're looking at, um, you know, a lot of people got time capped on this, understandably. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe their goal is like, okay, if this were to come up again, 
how do I sort of aim to finish this? And like, sure. what are what are the ways that people can, aside from just generally being more fit, like what are the specific things people could potentially work on to get better at something like this? So a workout like this, a lot of it comes down to how well can you move that dumbbell? Um, and it's that mix of aerobic capacity mixed in with strength. And movement which I efficiency. Like. Movement efficiency, yeah. 100%. Like being strong helps move that dumbbell significantly right i mean me picking up a 50 pound dumbbell is a lot easier than someone that's not as strong as i am so it's Mm -hmm. that full blend of you need your strength work with your aerobic work and also you need to be able to jump and you need to move and i like that it tested all those types of patterns yep um and i think i think that was a good test to start the open out yeah um as you said some people push themselves further and what i like is that a lot of people didn't finish it or just finished it which means it was an appropriate test where a lot of people are like hey if i just get a little bit faster I would finish it. Or, right. hey, I finished it this time. I've improved. How much further can I improve? What, right. What's that look like for me? Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think the one other little thing that I would throw out there is um, I think you saw, I saw a big difference in the pain level of people who were efficient at burpee box jump overs as well and could sort of just move through those without getting blown up. Or yep. I think some people tried to really like send the burpees and then they'd get back to the dumbbell and just sit there Aye. for 20 seconds. Which, is, you know, happens, yeah. but it was something like this, and I think something generally, if you're looking to sort of, like, get good scores, um, you know, do this at a competitive level, is this general idea that, like, efficient pacing is the pacing where you spend the less time sitting around staring at stuff, yes. you know? Yep. So, yep. It, it's not necessarily worth it to go totally unbroken on the first round and then wait for 30 seconds before you can do the second round. You're better off going 25-30% slower and just moving consistently through your 20 minutes or whatever it is. Um, and, and to that point, if you can slow down your burpees a little, um, you know, maybe step, uh, step up. And then another big thing, um, that I know like Pete mentioned was if you're able to practice that box jump over where you don't stand up at the top, I think that that makes a big difference. Pop over 100, especially for speed and yeah, just moving efficiency. And it just saves your legs. Cause that was the big thing for me. I think on that workout is that my legs were still getting so toasted from everything sure. that I just started like lower back ripping dumbbell yeah, I snatches. You telling me that, that your back was smashed. It's so smoked, but it was, you know, and I think that's part of the whole not standing up on the box jumps just saves your legs that little bit potentially of sure. not squatting that extra rep every time. And that can make a big difference. The next workout that we got into, which was different, which I liked was so wad one, right? You had to use a certain weight. Yep. You had to jump to a certain height. So wad two, I flipped that and said, you pick your weight. Yep. You pick your movement. It's ground overhead. Do you want to clean and jerk it? Do you want to snatch it? Do you want to power snatch it? Do you want, like whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. Now the strategy's in your court. Just figure out how to get the most work done, which I thought was also really, and we've done that in the past too, but I really like, I like that idea of now I'm going to give you some freedom. Yeah. You pick your movement, you pick your weight and you just go. Yeah. Um, and some of I do that some of it because it is an in-house open and um, I want everybody able to play. Mm-hmm. So if I made that, we're all going to use 135, that would eliminate some people, right? Mm-hmm. Or if I made it, everyone's going to use 65, some people would be like, that's way too light. I'm going to get 2,000 reps. I don't want to do mm-hmm. that. So I think the idea of really um, putting the ball back in your own court and you guys, you guys decide how you want to play this game is pretty cool. It's yeah. pretty fun. And I like the strategy because everybody's like, what weight, what movement, what's my most efficient weight should I use? Rather than using 115, I'll use 117 and a half. So every rep, I'm getting two and a half extra pounds. Right. That's going to add up over 30, 40 reps, and that'll, that'll help make a big difference. Yeah. Is there any particular reason you made it shorter this year? Yeah. I remember last year, um, 
when I was looking at it last year, I felt like it went on a little too long. It was just a little too much. Because we did this last year, but it was 10 minutes. Yes. Same event, but 10-minute time cap. Yep, exactly. And I thought that pulling it down a little bit would entice people to go a little bit harder. Um, and what I thought was the outcome was interesting. A lot of scores were somewhat similar. Yeah. Like the scores weren't that different with two minutes or less of work, which I thought was really cool. Mm. That people were getting almost the same amount of work done with two less minutes to do it. Yeah. Which is awesome to see. Um, talking back, going back of retesting something, strength, power, output, and you're like, wow, you guys really did a lot of work in those ti- that time frame rather than in years past where you did a lot of work, but mm-hmm. you just were more efficient this year. Definitely. Um, and as you said, yeah, we've done it before, shortened it down a little bit, made it a little bit more intense. Yeah. Um, I think it added a little bit of like, to me, it added a little bit of, uh, it was a little bit of a question mark just because you were like, now that it's shorter, should I go heavier? Should I go lighter and just faster? Should yep. I like how do? What's the best way to take advantage of this being? Because I mean, two minutes you're talking twenty percent shorter. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a sort of a significant change. And so I think last year all the top scores were sort of in that like hundred thirty, hundred and thirty five pound range. And then this time you did see a lot of like ninety five, one fifteens that were sure. just really moving for eight minutes that put up you know close to ten thousand pounds, which I is really cool. Yeah, with Tim and Jeff and stuff, which was was really cool of course jez came in and put up 135 a million (laughs) times and won that one too um i will also throw in that i sort of i i I wish i was uh more connected to the ladies scene but there are some ladies who did really awesome on that workout yeah what i thought was really cool is i know specifically off the top of my head that some of the ladies hit almost the same score as they did last year yeah which i thought was really cool to see that they can use same weight or more weight and get that much more work done right the other thing um you know with that one just if someone were like how do i get better at that you know potentially there's some degree of aerobic capacity but yep. i think that's a real test of your movement efficiency at your chosen movement and, and again, your like, ability to not pace it but to choose your weight well and pace it you know yes and if you're push pressing everything out well guess what after 100 reps your arms get really really tired right um, which I thought was cool. And that led us into what some people had some questions about was the workout that I picked next. So yep. you're looking at time domains. Workout one was about 20 minutes. Right. Workout two was eight minutes. Workout three was 17 minutes. Mm-hmm. And obviously that's a playoff of fight gone bad. Five movements, minute rest at the end, three rounds. So mm-hmm. we knew exactly, okay, guys, this is exactly how long you're working out. This is how much time you get at each one. But what I thought was interesting, and I know we had a question about it, is why single unders? Mm-hmm. Um, which I thought was cool. Um, and wh- why single unders? I put out single unders there. They're a basic skill that can still develop a ton of aerobic capacity and have a lot of other skill transfers from jumping rope that 99% of us have ignored. Because mm. we've all looked at that big pie in the sky of double unders. Or people look at that next level of triple unders. I want to mm-hmm. do doubles. I want to do triples. Well, what happened to the basics? Right. And all of a sudden, I throw the basics back out there, and everybody doesn't know. Like, they, everyone's jumping all weird, and they barely can figure it out, which I thought was really cool that in four days, five days, six days of practicing, everybody was able to retrain their brain again to jump efficiently at a single under, right. which I thought was a really interesting neurological adaptation watching of people being like, I need to learn this skill. I used to have it. I know I can do it. Mm-hmm. How do I practice it, and how do I get it back? And then for all the people who don't have doubles, they were like, whew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and again, inclusive open. Yeah. There you go. Here's a home run. You don't have doubles, but you're a single under ninja. Smash it. Yeah. Smash them. Get, get all of the single unders. But that's what I, I wanted to play with that a little bit because I knew no one expected singles to come yeah. up. Everybody expected doubles to come up. 
Which they did, right? We could put doubles in there later yeah. somewhere, right? I think uh, we did. this week the yeah. deadlift. There you go, out. the deadlift and doubles. So I they did come back today. up, <laughs> um, but the singles really. Um, I thought it was interesting, and yeah. as people found out, if you gamed that workout appropriate, not appropriately to your strength, and you were yeah. good at singles. You could kind of take it easy on the ground to overhead a little bit right. and smash singles and get a very high score. Right. So back into your own ball court of what's your strategy? Right. What's it look like? What are right. you going to do? Yeah. The minute that one got posted, uh, I was just you know looking at it and I was like, okay, the burpees and ground to overhead both seem like a waste of time. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah, one I mean, of the, <laughs> just as far as energy what, output. Right. How, how what's mm-hmm. my efficiency of how much power I have to put out to get another tick point on the board? Um, and the burpees ended up not being as bad as I expected. I did more burpees than I thought I would. Um, but yeah, just sort of looking at that, that's where, as I sort of broke it down for myself, it was like, okay, burpees are maybe moderate push press. We can just sort of rep that yep. out. You know, and that I was can a bang big out scoring point 10. for people like that. If you had strong shoulders and efficient legs, like you can bang out push presses. And I think, uh, I don't know. I think Jez and Tim, I saw both were doing like sets of 40 on the push press, sure. which is, you know, Huge compared Off to, I think I was too. putting up like 22 <laughs> or something. Um, um, and then also look at like effort per point. A shoulder or a push press is just going from your shoulder to overhead. Right. Where the ground to overhead is the same weight, but now that bar has to come all the way from the ground to your shoulder to overhead. So the energy expenditure for that is way more right. than a push press. So when you're looking at where do I get the most reps, push press is super short, hit that hard. Same with single unders. Hit that hard. Yep. Now you probably have to pick one more exercise in there that you can smash and two that you pull back a little bit on. Right. And so that was where for me personally, I felt like box jumps, I could rebound and just bang a lot of those out in a minute. Um, and I felt like the box jumps, I don't know. I felt like push press and box jumps made sense because they were sort of different. They were different movement patterns, you know, where if I yep. went like box jumps and ground to overhead, the ground to overhead may be rough after slamming box jumps, but I could just sort of cook my shoulders, cook my legs, then take a minute yep. basically off on the ground overhead and then try to crush singles. Um, and, you know, I think I think that's the, the big thing for people who maybe are looking to improve a score on that one is just sort of th- think through, if you look yes. back at your scorecard or whatever, like if I had done five less ground overhead could i have gotten 10 more single unders potentially or something you know sure. that was sort of the thing I that think i that's could even think. a uh, a generous i think you if you did five less shoulder or ground overhead you probably could get 20 more i mean it really depends on efficiency right. patterns and but like i did with a personal training client we did this workout and we went through it and round one i had him do somewhere like five or six ground overhead and then go into singles after that whereas round three Tired as possible, I had him completely rest that minute going to single honors, and round three score was better than round one. Just right. talking about picking your movements correctly, where to push, where not to push. I thought that was really um, a cool thing to play with. Right. Yeah, that one That one was really cool, and it was it was cool to see how different people did. Matt Moore smashed. He got like 180 single unders his he first did. minute or Which something. Is, I mean, that is gnarly about how quickly in those like quick little... Yeah, three a, like, three a second for a whole I'm minute. Good for that judge of being like one, two, three, four. <laughs> I mean, that that's crazy talk. It's so hard. I had to my final one. I ended up. I filmed it. I filmed all like the first six workouts. I think sure. Um, partially for myself just to be able to look back at it, and partially I feel like out of a certain amount of if anyone has a question about a score, I have you know you're yeah. more welcome to watch it. But it was funny because we had to go back. I ended up recounting all my singles frame by frame on the wow. video good for because. You. Uh, Mandy and Matt and Leighton were all sort of counting when I did it, and each of them had different numbers every time. Sure. And so I was like, 
uh, I'm not going to like just take the, I can't take the best number. I'm not going to take the worst number. I'm just going to go back and actually count yeah. how many there was. Good but it's you. so hard to count. It those. is, especially on um on video. So yeah. the old coaches, not, it's not old. It still happens every year. The uh, judges course for the CrossFit Open, they make you do stuff like that to practice. Yeah, and then they have to submit a score afterwards, and it's the biggest pain in the ass because you're watching this video and you're like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and it's like how many double unders did they do in the third round? And you're like. I think it was 37. Yeah. You put it in and it's like wrong. And you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. Um, I mean, you talk to anybody that's ever done the judges course and it's like, you go through that thing like 10 times. It's not that you don't know the answers. It's just trying to count the reps correctly. We're right. like, mother of God. And anyone that I do personal training with has seen my counting in action. <laughs> so you guys can take that for what you want. But um, I thought that was a cool workout. And that yeah. led in, us into the very well-known... We've done it every year. The James Stevenson story. <laughs> yeah, the run row. Um, the row 500 meters and run 400 meters as fast as possible. And what I love about that workout is it like has stories that are tied to it. Yeah. Everyone that's ever done the open is like, oh my God, you guys did that workout? Yeah. Um, you'll even hear Yosh and I and Brian talk about when we did it at the Beast of the East in 2010 up at CrossFit New England. Like We still talk about how shitty that was. Mm-hmm. Like. It's the simplest workout. It's super easy to administer. Everyone can do it, and it puts people in a world of hurt. Um, and it, it just it tests some rowing efficiencies. Mm-hmm. It tests running efficiency, high speed stuff, transferring. How quickly are you getting off this rower? How quickly can you get out the door? How quickly can you get back in? Mm-hmm. Um, I I enjoy that workout, and I've I thought about um, switching it up and being the run row and putting that in order. I thought about doubling the distances and we have did, it be we like... We did the row, run, row, run at some point yeah, a few months ago that. where you had to do it twice. Yep. And that was terrifying. Yeah, and, it, <laughs> and the hard part, like when we did that, I remember paying attention to that being like, that's not as shitty as I want it. Yeah. The single version You shittier. pace it a little more. Yeah. You know, you're sort of like... Then that was the thing that I feel like even going into that one, it was like, okay, I have to get to the last run and be like at threshold, but then kill myself in the last run. Nope. But you're not really killing yourself on the first three intervals, whereas yeah. this it's like... Killing myself in the row, and then I'm killing yeah, myself. And I'm gonna in the stagger run. off this thing. As soon as my legs are there, I'm running hard as I can. When yeah. we did it initially, and I wish we had the opportunity to do it here, it was a giant hill. Mm. So we got off the rower at the bottom of a hill, ran 200 meters uphill, turned around, and 200 meters downhill. Yeah, um, that was extremely shitty. And I wish I could provide you guys the opportunity to oh, experience that. Luckily, we you? have a flat course here, <laughs> but um. I mean, everybody knows the workout. Everybody yeah. knows what's coming. Everybody knows the pain caves. And year over year, times have slowly gotten better with that as well, which I think is really interesting. Of just Maybe it's you guys are more experienced with it. Maybe you know your strategy more. Maybe you're just fitter. Maybe power outputs are different. Mm. But that time is just slowly ticked from like mid threes. And what, the top four people were right around three minutes. Yeah. I, I know think... you went under three. Um, I have a, I have a RA history question for you. Sure. Because it it was, uh, I was asking James about it because I think he said, basically we were trying to figure out if anyone had gone sub three before. Do sure. you know if anyone has? He would have been. I thought he Wakely said he was like three oh two. Okay, something. and then maybe Wakely did it last. It was like three oh two. Yeah, I so well, I think those two were. So you might have the all time record right yeah. now, Evan, of going <laughs> yeah, sub three. <laughs> no, I mean that's. I mean. We've probably put hundreds of people through that workout. Yeah. I mean, that's there's a lot of people that have been tested at that, and multiple times they've tested it. And I remember when James and Wakely did that last year, and I was like, holy shit, that's yeah. fast. So to go even two seconds, three seconds faster, you're moving, man. That's yeah. awesome. I feel like, um, you know, and, and I think this is partially, um, you know, the stuff I would say to people. Like, it's interesting when you see 
the leaderboard and just see sort of how times times play out and there's a lot of people stacked up very close to each other yeah um but it's really interesting to me if you pay attention to people's splits um on that workout especially because that was the big thing for me going into it um i feel like was i knew i'd been running a lot i felt like i could run a solid 400 i hadn't been rowing a lot and i hadn't been doing a lot of really short time domain stuff so I was like, eh, it's a little bit of a toss up, but I hope I can, you know, sort of hold on to what happened last year. But sort of the thought process for myself with that one, um, and maybe what I would recommend to someone else sort of trying to diagnose and figure out how to get better at it is there's a point where like, if I row a two minute 500, I'm going to be super fresh for the run, but sure. I'm going to have already spent two minutes and, and you're, I'm not going to run it. seconds behind. Right. I'm can not going to run it a minute. Time? Right. And then if I try to row a... 125 400 or 500 yeah, rather good luck i'll be i'll have i'll have done it fast but that run's not happening yep. very fast you're and gonna so, crawl off that row or be like i'm dying right <laughs> i'm trying to figure out where's that sweet spot where i can still run as fast as i can but i'm like getting off the rower as quickly as possible um and i think there were you you tend to see a lot of people especially if it's the first time they're doing it they like pull a PR 500 yep. and they die on the Because they're so excited, right? right? You're so excited. And that's the trap of the competition. I'm and you're so like three excited, minutes. I'm jacked up. Yeah, I can, I can work hard for three minutes. And so you see people come out pulling 120 somethings, 130 somethings, yep. you know, depending on their fitness level. And then it, you know, they pull a 130 row and then they do a two minute 400 or whatever it is. And you end up with this, you know, yep. uh, 330 score or whatever. Um, and I, I, I paid attention to mine and I basically paced it exactly how I expected was my goal was I want to row a 135 and I want to run a 124. Ooh. And that was exactly both very fast yeah, I mean, I mean, by themselves, <laughs> not crippling, but put those two together. Yeah. It's, uh, it's interesting with, you know, the whole GPS thing and timing that it's like a, it's like a six minute mile pace ish, sure. which is fast, but it's not crazy fast not for a 400. Fast. And we've seen people in the gym run much faster, but it's right after the row. Right. And I think that was the real trick for me is, is just sort of trying to figure out what is that split of where I can still move that well. Um, and so that, I mean, there are people, I think there are people who did that who are probably better rowers than I am. And there are definitely people who are better runners than I am. But I think just that, like, how do you pace that split? Especially when you're talking about everyone's within five seconds of each other. Like, how do you shave one second off? Where's the strategy? And you do a very good job on the technical aspect of things, of diving (laughs) deep and being like, if I, as you said, I need to row exactly this pace. I need to run exactly at this pace. And if I do that, things will go well. And you did it. And I I mean, that's, it pays off to be that uh, deliberate in your efforts. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think it was really cool too, just to see um, people who hadn't do it before, you know, really do well and push themselves and experience that whole new world of hurt. Yeah, 100%. It's always, that's always a fun part for me too. Uh, Obviously, that's a fun part of watching people's first time through it. And as you said, balls out on the fucking rower, let's fucking go. And they get off it and they're like, oh shit. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, shit. But uh, let's keep diving yeah, in. Yeah, for sure. Wad five, wall balls and toes to the bar. Oof. So another uh, little bit of a shorter time domain. We went to 10 minutes, and I did that intentionally because I wanted the top competitors to barely be able to finish. Um, maybe I made it a little too tough because mm-hmm. no one finished. No one. Um, but they all came close. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was within 10 reps, 15 reps, 20 reps of finishing. So we came close to finishing it. So it was a good test. What I did is I paired a unskilled movement of a wall ball that jacks up your heart rate with a very skilled movement of a toes to bar. Mm-hmm. How well does your skill and technique hold up with an elevated heart rate? Mm-hmm. And how fast, the same thing we were talking about previously with pacing. 
what's your tempo look like? Because you don't want to go too hard on those toes to bar where you're blowing up on them. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you got to move if you want to win. Mm-hmm. So where like, that was just another interesting test that I thought would um, throw some people off a little bit um, and test their toes to bar. Because, I mean, do toes to bar really indicate your fitness level? No. But are they a skill that we use in the gym? Yeah. So if you want to be better at a CrossFit-ish type competition, it's something you should have in your bag of tricks, right? Right. I mean, that's all. I mean, toes, in my mind, a toes bar is pretty much like a circus trick. It's like it's, it's a great party trick. Can you have a super strong trunk and really great abs without ever doing a toes bar in your life? Yes. Yeah. 100%. Absolutely. But if you want to go into the world of competitive fitness... It's a, it's, a, it's a tool they use constantly. Mm-hmm. And for scale, they were doing sit-ups, correct? Yes, they did sit-ups. And that, I think, has a little bit more of a real-life application because it's you sitting up off the ground, right? Yep. We all, I got out of bed today, I sat up. I'm going to get up out of this chair. I'm technically doing a sit-up as I come up off that chair. Um, it's just flexion, right? Torso flexion. I'm flexing forward. I'm standing up. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I thought it was a great test. Again, I, I somewhat enjoy the fact that not everyone finished it because I heard the top people being like, I could have finished that. Yeah. I could do that. If I did that again, I could finish it. And then I watched some of them do it again. And they might have done one or two reps better, but they didn't finish it. Right. Which I was like, that's a really good test to test people's potential. And it's a really good test on everybody just learning toes to bar because it shows the room of improvement. Now right. there's such a great space to be like, last time I got 30 of the toes to bar done. This next time I got 50 of them done. I did way better. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it gives people really a lot of room to grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <coughs> that one was interesting when it came out. I was personally very unexcited about that one because <laughs> I'm very bad at toes to bar. But I paired it with a workout that you were super excited about. Yeah, that's true. Row run I was happy with. Um, no, the one after that too, the bike. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right, that was that week or is that a different week? Uh, I think it might have been that week. We'll see. But um, yeah, I mean, yeah, so strategy-wise looking at this one, um, you know, the immediate observation is it's basically 22 reps around for 10 rounds if you're trying to get done in time. Yep. Because, you know, as the reps keep switching, you still have a total of 22 walls, wall balls and toes to bar. Very consistent. So you could treat it as like a 22 rep EMOM. You yeah. complete around every minute. But then the other thought being, at least for myself, the cycle time on toes to bar is a little slower than wall balls. So sure. those rounds are going to get a little slower as they weight more and more towards toe to bar. So I have to go a little faster front up front. It. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then you look at people, if you watched Wadapalooza, or if you ever watched Rich Troning train any of the cool videos that they put out there, those guys can cycle toes to bar like they're not even doing anything. Yeah. Like this workout would have been a six-minute workout for those guys. It's crazy. Um, and it doesn't necessarily play into their fitness levels because they're not, they are very, very, very fit individuals, <laughs> but it's skill acquisition of the practice mm-hmm. and just repetition, repetition, repetition of this is I lean back, I pull with my lat, I pull my knees up, I kick. It's just right. in line every time. Every rep is the exact same. Um, so for them, something like 10 reps, 15 reps consistently is no big deal. Right. Whereas for us, no one was doing 10 or 15 reps every single time they popped up there because it's blowing them up. Right. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, for people looking to improve, obviously, like movement efficiency, if you're not super proficient at toes to bar i'm not just practicing them um it was something that i started doing after misfits i think because the finale of that has toes Toes we had the synchro toes to bar in it and so i just started trying like after every workout i'd do a few sets of like six just to sort of practice that and i think um, hopefully you found it's a very achievable skill yeah you can do it like it's not that complicated it's not a snatch where you're taking a barbell from the ground and catching it in a squat overhead it's a movement that if you practice 
you will improve. It's like double unders. Yes, and yeah. you will improve pretty rapidly yeah. if you give it the time. But if you just ignore it and kind of put it on the back burner and be like, it'll come up again someday, but I'll deal with it then. Yeah. Well, guess what? You don't get any fucking better at it. Right. Like, you got to do it. Right. Um, which I thought was cool. Yeah. So, I mean, I think people practicing toast bar and wall balls, you know, that's one little thing um, that I think has made a big difference for me. Last year, we did Karen was the last workout of the year. Sure. Uh, but it was Karen with the added like toe to bar yeah, penalty. Yeah, if, if you drop the ball, you had to do ten toes to bar something yeah. like that. Um, and it did not go well for me. I was just I forget what my time was, but it wasn't it wasn't good. Um, and just doing a lot of work on sort of that movement pattern of like keeping a vertical torso. Yep. And I think that's something being that, able to breathe, use your hip momentum as you're talking about vertical torso as right. you stand up. Talk about Olympic lifting yesterday. Same triple extension, ankle, knee, hip open together right that provides a lot of momentum just to throw a 20 pound ball right and then also when you throw the ball don't leave your hands up recycle them down yep. catch the ball at your chest so you're saving your shoulders right and then having that third point of contact sort of with your chin as well yep hand hand chin uh keeping the ball high because i think you'll see a lot of um a lot of newer less experienced people they tend to collapse on their torso a little yeah. bit where they tend to almost bring the ball to their chest yep and then they sort of roll forward almost like they're doing a sit-up or something and then now when you're coming back up one you can't breathe while you're down there but two you're sort of doing a back extension (laughs) and then trying to push all the way from your chest and that little bit of extra energy over the course of 110 wall balls will destroy you a lot even if you're the same fitness level as someone else and i've watched people in the past i'll go to their squats and their arms fall and that ball almost comes down and then they're curling it back up as they stand and you're just watching um same as we talked about with the fight gone baddest workout of like how much extra movement are you putting into something right. that makes it way i mean i say this a lot in the gym but what's movement requires blood and oxygen mm-hmm. which requires your heart to beat that much faster and you to breathe that much harder so the more movement you're performing the harder your heart has to work the harder you have to breathe to supply those muscles with blood and oxygen mm-hmm. just super easy physiological stuff of like hey if you're efficient all that really means is you're doing less work right and your body's doing less work Let's figure that out. Right. That uh, that one was interesting for me, too, just coming back to the whole surprising yourself thing, because I remember the day that I yeah, came in wow. to do it, I had super low expectations. I forget. I think I was busy training with other stuff that week. I like did it late, and I had seen all the scores, and everyone was stacking up in this like 180-something to 200 range. Um, and uh, I, I started looking, and I was like, well, if I can either do like 140 reps and just like take fifth and sure. just call it. I mean, or, like I'm happy with that or push it. Right. Or it was like a 60 <laughs> rep jump to move up one more place. And so I actually, uh, I, I told my judge, I was like, I want to know when I hit this mark. Sure. Of like, this is the, I'm at the, the break point of, am I going to try and keep sending so it So you look not? at the clock and you're like, oh, I got the time. Right. Because I was like, if I'm not <laughs> at it at the split I need to be, I'm not going to get the rest of where I need to be. Sure. I'm just going to save it. Because again, I'm just historically horrible at Toast to Bar. Um, and the the one other thing I picked up um, was actually from like Brent Fakowski's sort of online professor project thing or whatever, was he has this thing that he's talked about with Toaster Bar before, which is like, don't underestimate the value of fast singles. Sure. Um, I agree and, with that. And so that was, I think I mentioned it on the podcast that week when we had Tim or whatever. And uh, so that was what I did. I did singles from the beginning, split all the wall balls in half into like the round of eight or something. Yep. So I go 10, 10, you know, then do two singles, nine, nine, two, uh, four singles. And I ended up getting... 203 reps, I think. So I had 17 sure. toes. I remember you were in the, the lead with that until RJ, until RJ came RJ in. Until RJ did it. Yeah, I had first place until RJ did it. 
but which was just another uh, like really amped moment for me because I was I went into that being like I'm just gonna phone it in and take fifth, sure, and then to somehow come out at the time in first place was just another like which oh wow awesome. I got a lot better at all this yeah stuff. I mean cool show your progress. improvement especially just from December yeah you know just from December how much better you got a little bit strategy um, and again like December is a little different because it had to be synchroed so you have you have to come up with a combined style for you and your partner right. But um, that next one that we dove into was the bike. Yes. And I like the 20 minutes on the bike. Um, and the reason that I like that was it's just, a, I mean, anyone that's done it, you have to figure out what your power output is or right. what your speed is. And can you maintain it? Mm-hmm. Can you hold on to that? And can you push it? And a lot of it comes down to of you all can ride a bike. How bad do you want to hurt? Right. You know what I mean? Like how far down that pain cave are you willing to go? Um, and I saw people redo it, and they did substantially better their second round through because they started understanding of, like, this is what it's going to feel like. Yep. This is when it's going to feel like this. And I threw this in, and anybody that did the Open, I put this workout in two weeks before the Open started. Mm. Um, before the Open even started, I put this in on a Wednesday where I was like, I know it's a super simple test, but it's a good idea to fill it, feel it out mm-hmm. first. Um, and some people did it, and they even came to me and like, I'm really glad that you put that in there. And other people were wishing that they showed up on that Wednesday and participated. Because, I mean, I know you spend a lot of time on a bike, Evan. You know what it feels like. Mm-hmm. You know how fast you can go for a minute, for five minutes, for 10 minutes, for 15 minutes. You know what that feels like. You mm-hmm. know how hard to push and when to push. But for people that don't, it's a big mystery. Right. Um, I did a lot of biking last year on Wednesdays and Saturdays. And it kind of gave me some insight to that of, like, what you're going to need to feel like when you're done. And pretty much you feel just like that run row of I'm going to throw up. Mm-hmm. Like I push so hard that I'm, I'm dying. Right. Um, but it's not a three minute row run. It's a 20 minute. Event. Right. Yeah. And I think the, I think the one thing I would say there um, just from sort of my own experience with these sorts of things is that there, there's definitely a degree to which there's this question of like, how badly do you want it? And how badly are you willing to hurt? But also coming back to the pacing thing, yep. there is sort of a, a fundamental, uh, max of your current fitness and your ability to output power yeah and so there's a point where like if you go i just want this really bad and i'm just gonna send the first five minutes you're gonna pay for it the back 15 minutes you can't will yourself to put out 100 more watts a minute than you're currently capable of it's like if you walked up the deadlift and you're like i'm gonna want it really (laughs) bad and i'm gonna get 50 more pounds than i'm currently capable of like if you've been training that you sort of know where your wall is of how much i can deadlift 200 pounds i can deadlift 300 pounds whatever it is and these other sort of aerobic power output type things are very similar in that like you can you can dig and you can dig a lot of extra calories 100%. out but it's still in this sort of band of your total yes. capacity of what you're able, what you're capable of and other things that play into it do you have stronger legs right can you push really hard with your legs on the echo bikes do you know are you being efficient with your arm movement are you pushing and pulling so you're not all just legs like is right. everything working in conjunction with one another right um yeah, I, I thought it was a cool test with that. Yeah, and it's a, I think it's a great test of capacity that doesn't, you know, and I, I think I mentioned this before, but it doesn't involve as much movement efficiency as other stuff. Like, yep. you can practice running and be good at running with low yep. power output, but, like, the bike is sort of just a raw, what's your engine and your ability to, you know, yep. crank out metabolic power. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that's another one that for people looking to improve, obviously doing it, doing interval workouts, doing low-intensity steady-state stuff, just sort of improving your engine in general will help but also sort of knowing where your limit is. And so to that point of if you tested it before, um, you know, for myself going into that workout, I pulled up all my, I save a lot of the like engine stuff I do into into my notes. 
And so I looked at sort of similar time domains and what were my um, total calories and average wattages over those time domains. And my goal was to sort of, you know, hang out above that. I forget exactly where I ended. But so I knew going into it, I was like, my goal is to hold 300 to 350 watts for 20 minutes. And to me, the watts are a really good measure too, because sometimes like people go off RPM and stuff, but that can be a little trickier where there's like a 50 watt window that you're still at the same RPM. But that if you start paying attention to that little wattage number in the middle and use that sort of as a pacing guideline... Um, that can be really helpful to where now you know, okay, I'm just going to sit here. And I think that's part sure. of what you saw in redos too for certain people is at the end of their first try, you know, the bike will show you your average and max yeah. wattage, calories, whatever. And so you go, okay, that was what I got this time. Now I'm going to start the next one aiming for that average. And then the last five minutes I'm going to hammer, you know, or whatever yeah. else it is instead of coming out hot and then fading really hard on the back end, you're yep. able to sort of use that as a test of, okay, I can hold something like this, and then I'm really going to hammer the back five minutes, which is, you know, sort of how I hit it. I made the mistake of doing it on a Thursday after working all day, and, uh, you know, I was happy. I PR'd my 20-minute thing. But- which is awesome. I mean, so that was the best you've ever done, right? Yeah. The best you've ever done in 20 minutes. And I've played with so many different strategies on that where I was like, I'm going to go hard for 20 seconds, rest for 40, or not rest, but just go easy for 40 seconds. I'm going to go hard for 10 and rest for 30 or 40 or 50. I played a lot of different scenarios out with that. And what I came out to was very similar to what you're saying is just fall into a tempo and stay there. Just don't try to do the interval-based thing because somewhere along the line, that shit falls apart. Right. Just, just, Get into a tempo, get into a pace, and live it. Right. Um, and anybody that's done, I mean, I can't speak to bike racing because I've never done it. That'd be a great thing to ask Sarah. But for me, with I race cross-country skiing at a very high level, there was no part of a race where you're like, I'm going to sprint this part, rest this part, right. sprint this. I'm like, You don't no. do that. I'm like, pedal hard for 20 seconds, coast for 20 yeah, seconds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it just doesn't work, right? Yeah, like, but- you, you find your tempo, you find your rhythm, and you get in it, and you go after right. it. Right. And to on a more, like, physiological level, um, you know, if you're continuing to sort of hammer above lactate threshold you're accumulating lactate getting mm-hmm. toxic you get all this burny feeling or whatever and then you're sort of trying to catch up and filter it you try to clear it out but and then you're you? then you're hammering it again and you're slowly <laughs> just getting more and more toxic where if you can sit right at or right below lactate threshold it's probably not that much slower it's not yep. that much less calories a minute or whatever you want to go off of and then you get to that point where okay it's the last two minutes, five minutes, whatever. Now I can push above threshold, get those extra calories a minute, and I'm going to build up that toxicity to the point where I'm redlining right as I'm done. But if you're in the first five minutes of that thing going, I'm going to go 20 seconds hard and you're already going lactic, yep. it, it's going to put a downward effect on you're your overall recovering. performance. Right. Yeah, you're, you're never just, recovering. And it's a similar thing, actually. Um, that we're probably coming up on it, but the 2K row is, yeah, I think, that, strategy-wise similar. That was perfect because that was WOD 6, and WOD 7 and 8 was the 2K row right into the max clean and jerks. Um, squat clean and jerks, or for the masters of scale division power clean and jerks, right? Which was a huge gift to them because they saved their Ugh. legs from squatting. <laughs> <laughs> Although I don't know, I feel like I might have seen a few power cleans in the RX. You might have. But... <laughs> you may have. We'll get there later no, with your no, judging. No. But um, with that, I like the idea of the two K because it's the same idea. I'm, it's in my mind that obviously a two K uh, and a rower and a twenty minutes on a bike are very different, but I also think they're very similar. Mm-hmm. Where it's a 2K is not a sprint. You can't sprint it, but you got to go hard for it, right? And especially when you're in a competition, that part's being scored. You need to perform well there. Yeah. So how how hard do you send it on that? Where do you send it? Where do you go on that? Um, it's a distance that we've all done before. We've mm-hmm. all done a 2K. We've done it in class by itself. We've mm-hmm. done it bit by bit in classes where we've built to a 2K. So it's not an unmanageable distance. 
everybody knows, hey, guys are probably going to come in between 6.45 and 8 minutes. That's probably the average range where that's going to land, um, at least for the RX division. And ladies are going to be maybe 30 to 40 seconds slower than that on average. Okay, where does that – how does that translate into getting off of a rower, standing tall – now you're going to pick up a barbell and try to be specific with your movement. And right. Be accurate with your movement. And I also made that weight a weight you had to think a little bit about, right? Mm-hmm. Even though it was 135 for guys, and yeah, you could rip that off the ground. Well, if you don't think about it, you're not breathing right. Your mm-hmm. movement efficiency has gone out the window. So now you have to be like, okay, take the second. And that's also why for the RX division, I made it a squat because it makes it that much more technical. Mm-hmm. Not much does it just suck on your legs that much more, but now it's like, Okay, my elbows have to be up. I have to catch this bar on my shoulder. I need mm-hmm. an upright torso. I need to hit a bottom position. I need to stand and drive. Like, there's all those points of the technical aspects that I think are harder to do when you're fatigued. Mm-hmm. And that's why I wanted them there. Right. Um, whereas, not that obviously the masters guys are awesome, the scaled guys are awesome, and the girls as well. But I wasn't looking to challenge their technical aspect as much as I was looking to challenge the RX technical aspect with the squat clean. I mean, right. I, I know it came to a squat clean thruster for most people, and I expected that. Yeah. Um, the weight was light enough where, for most people, they could do that. Um, not everybody, and that's fine. Um, but I still thought it was somewhat of a, a challenging technique aspect to there. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's also probably fair to say that within uh, Masters and Scaled, you have more mobility issues even with yes. squat cleans and stuff and that's and a so. big part of it too that i mean elbow positioning for the shoulder hip positioning right um that's where because it's an in-house event and i want everyone to participate i make decisions that are gonna right bring that so this is very similar to a workout we did last open but last time it was 75 bike cals mm-hmm. for time into max squat cleaning jerks at 135 i think it was shorter i want to say it was like eight minutes or something yep what was the thought behind changing that uh one we added the bike in by itself so i gave the bike just by itself and two i think the um as you said the bike is pretty thoughtless in terms of movements, where a rower is not. Mm. Now I'm asking you to be a very efficient rower, where if you have proper mechanics on a rower, you keep your chest tall, you drive with your legs, you're pulling the handle in like right underneath your sternum, um, you have that like one-second pull, two-second recovery, and you're efficient, um, is going to be a big benefit to mm-hmm. you, right? So now I'm not just asking you to go, but I'm also, again, asking you to think of the technical aspect of movement execution. How well can you execute on the rower Mm -hmm. because how many times do you look over there and you see people that are rowing with bad positions Mm -hmm. hopefully this is a little bit of a kick in the ass to be like if you want to be better on a rower it's not just trying harder right it's i i I use the blunt term of row prettier yeah um make it prettier well what i'm trying to say is row more efficiently right um but that was kind of my outlook on that of this is a great place to layer this in and show people that not just being big and strong is going to make you a better rower, right. but rowing well is going to make you a better rower. Right. That was one thing, actually, that I forgot to mention about the bike thing. And this, that's interesting, you know, and and it's not a, what's the best way to say this? It's not like a excuse system or anything, but th- there's a definite uh, body weight advantage with oh. pow- some of these power output things. Like, And if yep. you look at the, say, the top three bike scores, everyone's sitting right around to you know 200 pounds ish and then i think even if you look within those like top five scores it's pretty much like heaviest to lightest is sort of how that goes so when you look at that of like how much i mean it it makes sense same with the rower too like if i'm on a rower and i weigh 220 and i lean back yeah guess what i i make more momentum than someone that weighs a buck 50 right and a lot of the times in some of these events um 
the you know like cyclists use watts per kilogram it's and so that's sort of sure. their like evening thing it's sort of the idea of like what's your relative to body weight snatch or something yep. you know like you're sort of canceling out those things and that's where we so for event to event there's not much i can do about that right. but the whole competition that's where i try to level the scoreboard with the burpee box jump overs or the toes to bar or the event where you can pick your weight for the barbell you right. pick it doesn't matter how big or small you are you pick your weight you do the work um but obviously with our open or the CrossFit open or any competition you go to, there's going to be a specific body type that it's more beneficial. Right. It just comes down to, did I make it well-rounded enough at the end where that doesn't necessarily matter? Right. Totally. And that's where I think it's, uh, you know, it's interesting. The, the 2K thing, you know, you're seeing bigger guys throw down and, you know, row quickly, move that bar well. But at the end of the day, I think especially when you get, just that little bit beyond the like top biggest people into sort of where most of the people are. Yep. That's where the score differentiation becomes interesting to me because it's like, okay, you guys are all similar sizes and stuff and you're seeing differences in scores. And I think that rowing efficiency thing is huge um, to what you're saying. Uh, if you've, if you've never really paid attention to exactly how you row, like you should. Yes. And it's really worth whether you ask someone to watch you and give you some feedback or to demo or you go on YouTube and watch some stuff. I just Throw a video some... on. Like video yourself. As you were talking about, like video is great feedback for yourself to see how you move. Right. Where you're like, I think I'm, I'm a beautiful rower. I row so great. This is amazing. And then you watch a video and you're like, holy shit, I look like shit. Yeah. Um, and you're like, okay. Yeah. Well, let's make the changes here. Right. What Like, are you crouching over are you like slumping down while you're rowing are you barely using your legs are you barely using your arms i mean it is a whole body movement i mean those lats should be engaged as you pull through right i mean everything as same thing that triple extension your ankles already open your knee opens your hip opens then pull through get that big pull you don't get any benefit for going fast back so take that two seconds to recover that one two line yourself up again to that right position and then drive hard right um i think there's a lot to be learned through rowing efficiency. I think there's seconds to be shaved through rowing efficiency. And Definitely. hopefully this brought that to light to some people of like, it's not, and it's the same thing as we were talking about with running. Yeah. People just assume that it's, you can do it. Yeah. Right. Because rowing is relatively, it, there's really low injury rates on a rower. You can get on that thing and you can look like shit and you're not going to get hurt. So right. we're not that worried about it because we're like, hey, you're getting fitness in, your heart rate's up, you're getting the benefit of the day. Great. Mm-hmm. Same with running. Hey, I'm going to go outside, I'm going to run. But guess what? you can get better at both of those if you work on your efficiency of your movement patterns mm-hmm. and you film yourself and you get coached on it and you ask for help with it because our coaches aren't over there in your warm up area where it's you row your 500 like that's a great opportunity every day to be a little bit more conscious of mm-hmm. what's this look like yeah yeah totally it's crazy i was watching this video before this event of a guy he's like an, a british olympian i think for rowing but he, sure. he rowed like a i want to say it was like a 552k or something which wow. is just like dumb fast that's it's like unbelievable 127s the whole time or something 550 yeah. think about that like that's like people are happy to break seven never mind break six it's and like then four of my pr 500s back to back to back yeah it's unbelievable um but yeah i think and i think that's something where too almost to what we were saying with the <laughs> run there's a point where if you row too hard you're going to pay for it on the clean and jerks and this being a separately scored workout where you get two scores it's like okay how do i not you know unless you're really just going to send one and the phone and the other one on purpose like you sort of have to say okay how fast can i do this and still move well with the clean and jerks 
I think you saw 100%. some fit people who didn't row super efficiently and paid for it. Yeah. Um, and I think you saw some people who paced the row really well and then moved the bar really well too, where maybe they didn't win the row, but they, they ended up really well overall yeah. because they sort of balanced that out well. Um, I made the mistake initially of doing that one like 30 minutes after I did Fran, um, which was interesting. But it, and I mean, Fran hey, for you was so short that you're like, I'll be fine. I'll be good to go. Yeah. And then you realize how badly that 30 minutes hurt you. And you're yeah. like, uh-oh. Yeah, I mean, it still went well. I didn't do that much better when I redid it. I think okay. I rode like a second faster and got three more clean and jerks or four sure. more clean and jerks or something. But uh, but yeah, that the, the row clean and jerk thing, uh, you know, and again, back to what we we're saying too, obviously clean and jerk efficiency. Like if you're practicing your clean and jerk, it's going to be easier to cycle those heavier weights, which is yep. where you see, you know, people put some people putting up a ton of, of reps. Uh, I think Jez got like 24 or something. Smash that. He I mean, like did grace right after it. Yeah. He's... um. He's known for being able to work really hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, his his jam is, like, let's get into the pain cave and see who we can outwork one another in this this pain, this pain world of pain. Yeah. Um, and typically, he does very well in that world of pain. Yeah. Um, <coughs> so then we have the Fran. Yeah. was the next one. Fran came up next. Um, a classic CrossFit workout. I mean, that's been around for forever. For right out of the gate, I like it for that because people can compare old scores. Like I saw Dan Cavalli put up this huge PR on it, or mm. uh, Matt Moore put up the huge PR on it yourself. You put up a big PR, or you never did it before. First time. So you didn't, that, it's a personal record because it's your first time. Yep. But either way, um, I like the fact that it's a testing, it's an opportunity to test the movement, two movement patterns, see how well you did, show your improvement, see where you're at with that. Um, it was a good place for me to put pull-ups in because pull-ups, um, it's the only place that I put them in in the whole workout, or the whole open was there. Um, so a short and condensed version of it, everyone hopefully could get one pull-up. If you couldn't get one pull-up, that's okay. Now you have something to work on. Um, but again, it's it's moderate weight. It's 95, 65. So it's a, movement, a bar you can move, and mm-hmm. it gives you some stuff to work on. And beyond that, I mean, my advice to you or a lot of other people was outrun the pain. Get done before it hurts. It's going to hurt a lot more afterwards, but if you can outrun that pain – um, and what we're, what the pain we're referring to is the lactic threshold. Yeah. Like, get it done before you bounce. Bomb. Right. Yeah. I mean, that was one that was, uh, I was definitely sort of scared going into it because you hear, it's almost like mythical. You know, the you Fran hear Fran, Fran Lung. My and first all this Fran stuff. I've ever done. Yeah. <laughs> I, I couldn't, you know, I didn't know where I was for 20 minutes. And um, so it was, yeah, that was interesting. Um, that was, you judged that one for yeah. me. That was one of my favorite experiences of this Good. whole open. I don't know why. Last year you did Karen <laughs> for me. This year you did. Uh, that one for me, and I just love Judge uh, Judge Rome. I'm it's glad like, to hear it, man. I'm glad uh, I could help. And dude, you're such a good coach. It's Thank I really, you. I mean, I love all our coaches, but it did make me miss you coaching a little bit, sure. like in classes. Sure, I hopped into a class the other day, the 4:30 on Wednesday. So I helped out with the the deadlift, double under, and handstand workout. I got everybody set up for that, nice. and it is fun to hop back into classes and help people get better and. Yell at some people to move faster. Yeah. Let's go. Get your hands back up on the bar. Like that kind of stuff. It's always good, man. Yeah. I mean, that's where I came from. That's my roots of all for this sure. stuff. Shameless plug for anyone. Uh, I'm sure Rome's personal training is the best. Always. I haven't done it, but if it's anything like his judging open workouts, it was. I. It was just. It was so. Uh, you know. It was like a, the right amount of push, but also encouraging. Yeah. Was- <laughs> Being like, you can do this. Stand back up. Yeah. You're almost done. Put your hands on the fucking bar, Evan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, basically. Ah, that's what my mind is saying too. <laughs> yeah, that was one too. That like going into it for myself, just looking into strategy wise, it was like okay. Back to the city of pacing. I want to spend as little time sitting still as I can. Um, and so how do I go about that? Yep. I sort of quickly, I mean, pull-ups aren't historically a great movement for me. 
Um, but you know, they're okay. They've been better since I've, you know, lost a few pounds. Um, yeah. but it makes the, a big difference. But you start getting that butterfly down and I mean, that butterfly will save you tons of time because right. now you have that cyclical motion, that, that circle shape as you're doing a pull up. So there's no dead hard stop at the bottom. Right. takes a lot of stress off your shoulder, but you want to talk about cycling time. That's the fastest way to do it. Right. I mean, that's where if you, anybody's been in CrossFit for a long time and watched some stuff, I watched Chris Spieler do over 100 unbroken pull-ups using the butterfly kip just for its efficiency. Like, how many people do you know that have done 100 pull-ups without coming off a bar at one time? Right. Um, it's all about how well you move. Right. Yeah, and so I think um, for me, historically, like, butterfly is something I can lose pretty quickly where I just get the timing of it off. Same thing happens to me with toes to bar. So that's where yep. I was sort of curious. Um, and you did a good job. And I mean, afterwards we recapped and rehashed and I was like, the only place you would really have to improve is your center of gravity or your center, your, your center of mass. Sometimes it's slightly get in front of the bar behind the bar. And that's right. where you're losing your movement efficiency. And that's right. where life is getting harder. Um, for you, the thrusters, that's a piece of cake. That's just a mind game of you're doing them unbroken. Yeah. Don't put it down. Yeah. Don't go. put the bar down. And yep. that was sort of the goal going in was don't put the bar down. Pretty much, I think the first two sets of pull-ups were both basically in half. It was like 11 and 10. Sure. And yep. then whatever it is, it's like 8 and 7. Yep. And, and you did a great job. And the last one, you went unbroken. Or you maybe you had no, one left I, or yeah, two left. I, I think I, was, I fell off once or bar. twice. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that was where the fatigue, I think, finally, I was just coming off my rhythm a little. But tried to just be very quick of, if I did let go, I tried to be like less than three seconds back up yep. on the bar. Just sort of keep going. But um, even with a time like yours, where you went under three you can still go through that workout and identify places to improve. Right, totally. And it was really cool. You know, I think a lot of other people, it was their first time. A lot of other people set PRs. Uh, Wakely smashed it. It was his first time. RJ yeah. went super fast. People, um, everyone. I mean, across the board, everyone that did that, the jumping pull-ups, every, every version of it, I was really happy to see yeah. the effort that was put out for that. Yeah, again, the jumping pull-ups were super cool. And it, it's... As you said, there's a big stigma around France, so it's great to see everybody show up on a Saturday and or whenever they did it, but just show up and and do it no matter what, you know, yeah. and not be like, well, it's Fran, I don't feel great today, I need to w-. just fucking do it, and yeah. Like, and they did it, and it was awesome, and it was yeah. really cool to see. Um, and that was what the second to last week, so that led into this week. Was that last week? I think that is correct. That was Wad nine, and then this week was ten, eleven, twelve, and thirteen. Oof. Um, Wad ten, I upped the time domain just a little to twelve minutes, um, which again I think that was a good time frame because people that were flying got it done. Most people got the workout done if, if they had the movements, if they could perform the movements. Right. right. If you could do a push up, if you could do a handstand push up, if you could do a double, you were probably going to finish it. Um, and if you had a hard time with those movements, you still had time to get far enough in that workout where there wasn't ties that were coming up. Um, being the last week of the Open, this is where I wanted to start challenging people a little bit more with skills, hence the doubles, hence the deadlift got a little bit heavier, um, and the handstands. So I always wait till the end to start throwing in more complicated stuff. And this year I didn't put in any muscle-ups, and that was intentional because I I, I didn't want – there's certain people in this gym that could do muscle-ups right now in a competition and be f- healthy and fine. But there's other people in the gym where I don't – they could do them, but they're putting themselves at risk, and I didn't want to open that up for them. Where I was right. like, hey, listen, I'm, I'm just I'm going to take that out for this year. We don't need to do it. Um, again, it's more of a party trick than anything. Like, are you fitter than me because you can do 10 unbroken doubles – or um, 10 unbroken muscle-ups and I can do five? Right. Probably not. Um, it's the party trick of the CrossFit – the sport of fitness. Um, but that workout – I enjoyed that workout, and I think people pushed hard on that workout – um and it showed some people their limiting factors again mm-hmm. right hey the deadlift really smashed me i need to get stronger hey those handstands were fucking impossible 
how do I improve there? Hey, my double unders are pretty good, but I feel like I'm doing single, double, single, double. I really want to get that double, 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 double. Um, and then for people that don't have doubles, the scale division, well, you still got your singles. Yep. And, yeah. Uh, I thought that was a good workout. I mean, you're doing that today. Yeah, I haven't done it yet. You get to play with that today. Not um, excited. I mean, my only <laughs> feedback for that was... Go play your own game. That is what we were talking about before. It's your own strategy. Follow your strategy. Do what you got to do. Um, don't look at other people's scores and try to use their strategy because it never works. Right. right. You never can follow someone else's strategy. And does it help to do it with other people? Sure. Of course it does. Yeah. Because you look over and you're like, fuck, they went unbroken on their deadlifts. I got to go unbroken on my deads. Yeah. Um, I think that's the really the only thing is play to your strengths like you're aware of. Hey, I can smash the deadlifts. It's going to take me a little bit longer on handstands. Let's pace those out a little more. Right. Let's figure this out. Yeah. And I think for myself looking at that one too, it's like, um, I mean, a handstand pushups are not a strong movement for me. Sure. If I could go three and two the whole time, I'd be pretty happy with it. Yeah. But I think Which is great. something I've historically had a problem with is going and getting five the first round and then getting Double, double, single yeah. the next and round, and one. then be singles. One. Yeah. <laughs> one. And they're kicking back, shaking out your arms. One. Right. Um, and I, so breaking it early, I think, for me, is going to be key. We'll see how it goes. But just. And then, because it's the other thing, too, of like coming back to the whole pacing thing. If you go three, two, three, two, three, two, and you're feeling good, you know, mm-hmm. go five unbroken the last two rounds. But if you go five unbroken the first two rounds and then you're down to singles or rest, like there's no coming back from that. At a level, yeah, you know? absolutely, dude. Once you go to singles on handstands, a minute, two minutes really isn't going to get you back to doing sets of five. Yeah. And I mean, I've watched that at the highest level. I remember going to the CrossFit Games, I think this was 2011, and they had parallel handstand push-ups, and the women's heat came to like a screeching halt. Yeah. But the girls that were smart about it, someone like a Julie Fouché, who started out doing smaller sets, ended up winning that workout because it wasn't trying to do 10 deficit handstand push-ups out of the gate. She was like, two. Okay. Yeah. Smart. Two. Okay. I mean, that's at the highest level that they were still managing that skills. Now you go to the highest level, and they're all going to go unbroken, but that's right. just the progress of the sport. Yeah. Um, and then leading into that last workout, I know we already talked about the um, – the weightlifting meet yep that for me personally that was my favorite part of the open and i hope some other people enjoyed the eye-opening experience of a new sport right eye-opening experience of a new sport some camaraderie you're really yeah you're competing against everybody else there but you're really only competing against yourself because you can only do the best you've ever done right you can't if you set a pr well what are you upset about it's the best day you've ever had um and it doesn't give you anywhere to hide right you're you have three judges sitting in front of you giving you some honest feedback. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed that. I thought that was cool. Um, you got to participate in it too. So, I mean, I'm sure you have your own opinions about it. Yeah. It definitely throws you off kilter a little bit, but. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed it. It was definitely different. It was definitely, um, I think the, the pace of it felt really weird. Sure. Like I think just compared to the way that I think most of us are mm-hmm. used to lift, like if you have to lift heavy in a competition, there's sort of a format for it. Yeah. Fired up, jacked up go yeah and even just figuring out that feeling of like okay how like when should i be warming up how much what should i be hitting back here like at what point am i doing too much or not enough and um you know that sort of almost that feeling of getting iced out while you're waiting for the next thing or you're seeing how people's attempts are going and the timeline shifting and just keeping up with it i mean for myself coming from traveling it was we had a 21 hour day coming Woo. back where we were up at 4 30 here time got home at one in the morning um and then you know i slept for like six hours so it wasn't that bad but sure. then came in and i felt great right through snatching you know yep. and then by the time the ladies got done clean and jerking i just felt drained Done. like it was i think 
I don't know if it was just that competition thing of like your heart rate sitting high the whole time and whatever, but I just felt like I had my tank was empty already. Yeah. And so I, I felt like I paid for it in the second half, but other people, you know, I think it was really cool. Some of the ladies really threw down. You definitely saw some PRs. Um, everyone I think did well and learned a lot from it. And you heard a lot of people saying too, like, I want to do more of this, you That's know, cool. whether or not that means yeah. going to a weightlifting meet. I think everyone or was reminded how much they like snatch. snatching and clean and jerking. And I, to your point of the warm up area, I think it gives everybody a little bit more insight in terms of the logistics that go into a weightlifting meet of the practice it takes of you look at the cards and you're like, all right, I'm 10 lifters out. I probably have about this much minute. Like what's my warm look like? I need to be very specific with my warm up. Yeah. I want that adrenaline going for your snatches, but then you got to calm down mm-hmm. and you got to relax and then figure out how do I bring that back up again for my cleaning jerks. And that happens to Olympic lifters across the board of sometimes they can bring it again, or sometimes they're, as you were saying, they just, they get through the snatches and they're, they're done. Yeah. They're toasted. They're mentally, physically fatigued and they're just done. Um, and that's what makes it a sport. Because everyone's like, I can snatch and clean and jerk. I could snatch that much. And the, the question is, can you snatch that much with that setting? Right. Of you don't get to decide when you lift. They decide when you lift. You have to step out on a platform in front of everybody and all eyes are on you. How does that affect you? It's right. not in the corner of your gym where you're like, oh, yeah, I hit it on my fifth attempt. Yeah. Well, guess what? You only get fucking three. Right. Um, so I thought that was really cool with that. And I, I enjoyed introducing everybody to that. Yeah. Um. Going from there, though, I thought I thought it was interesting. I was reading through some of the questions that people were asking, and I, I know that a couple people mentioned to me that they really enjoyed the weightlifting meet. But to quickly run through some of the questions, I we think we talked about Evan. We talked about the difference of the row and the bike. Yep. <laughs> um, Sarah, we talked about the singles for our Rex. Nina, I'm pumped that you like the videos. We're going to try to keep doing those every week. Um, not for the open sake, but just for um, just for movement qual- movement demos every week. Mandy, I'm definitely down to do plyometrics in the open next year. <laughs> Dude, we I miss do... plyometric Wednesdays. We're bringing them back. So really? Great plug right now. They will be back this month. This this month on Wednesdays, I'm bringing plyos back. Nice. Um, so you're going to start seeing more depth drops, depth drops to rebounding box jumps, broad jumps, um, triple broad jumps, things like that. But that could be cool, too, to do next year in the open of like a triple broad jump. Yeah. What's that look like? How yeah. like, explosive are you? I have a hard time with the max height box jumps because people are going to die. Yeah. Um, not die, but you know what I mean? They're going to fucking eat it. Yeah. Um, and I don't need that happening. We, I want to preserve people's shins. Um, I still want like a, uh, it would be, it would, I feel like it'd be hard. You'd need like the equipment to judge it. Right. Almost. Yes. But it would be really fun to do like a hundred yard dash type thing cool. or something. Get the lasers set up. Yeah. I mean, I, I have some friends with that technology that we could always try to call on and see if we could borrow it for the day. Right. Um, but it would have to be like a Saturday. Right. Where That's it's what like, I was hey, say. everybody, you got to show up this day. We don't have this, this setup all the time. Three, two, one, go. Or even do cool shit like a T test yeah. um, where it's you sprint out, side shuffle to the right, side shuffle 10 yards to the left, side shuffle five yards back to the right, back pedal 10 yards. So yeah. it's a 40 yard test, but it's done in the shape of a T. Right. Talking about agility and speed and all that kind of stuff. Like, and that's stuff that people in the gym never get to do. Right. What's that look like? Um, the hard part, to your point of that, is timing. Right. Who, it, like, it just gets very ticky-tacky, yeah, like, where I, everyone's I, close. I missed it by – I missed I, you crossed over the line two-tenths of a second before I pressed the button. Right. Sorry. 
I mean, the other option, I think, if you if you were able to make it, we're going to do this on a Saturday. The only opportunity you have to do it on a Saturday is basically to do it head to head with cameras. Yeah, you know, and just film every finish line yep. and just be like, his he crossed Day the line one. first, right? Yeah, do like the tournament style where you have like the big board yeah, up bracket. and be like, yeah, bracket it out and be like, oh, you're eliminated. You're they down. did that at the games this year with the sprint event, and they people lost their shit. Yeah, that was well because people got cut. Too, yeah, because yeah. they're like, you're out, and they're like, oh, I trained all year for this fucking thing. You know how much, how much sprinting I do at my gym? <laughs> right, I'm sure all these top people were pissed but, but beyond uh, that i know dan put in some comments on that section that sounded like he had a great open Pierre yeah his friend really enjoyed the weightlifting meet got um, some handstand push-ups got some handstands i think um and guys guys that are listening if you have any more feedback for the open i'm happy to jam about it in the next couple podcasts that we do as well um throw it out there i'm happy yeah. to talk about it more yeah, and I think too would love to highlight anyone who has, if you have your own sort of um, PRs, highs, lows, whatever it may be. Um, you know, if that post is still up in the Facebook group, we can yeah. come back to it. Would definitely love to highlight more of that from people. Um, and so, the, I think the the last thing we oh, yeah. we did want to touch on mm-hmm. was there was one question asked sort of about judging. In yes. General. Um, so the way that I look at judging, um, one, it's an in-house for fun competition. I don't hand out any prizes. Um, two, I look at integrity and I believe in integrity is you're doing the right thing when no one else is watching. I don't believe that anybody in this open intentionally cheated in any way, shape or form. Um, if they didn't hit the right movement standards, um, and they were given some leeway by that, by their judge, I don't believe that they were trying to cheat. They were doing the best that they could do. Um, and I'll accept that and that's okay. I, and all levels, and I've competed at the sectional level, I've competed at the regional level, I have not gone to the games. I've been on a bunch of local stuff. I have seen um, controversies over judging at every level, right? So at our level, I'm not super worried about it. It's I, part of the sport at yeah, a certain point. And I know that everybody's doing their best. And maybe your judge isn't super comfortable with the movement standards. But what we do is we go over the movement standards. They have their scoring sheet that has the movement standard on it. So we know that everybody's aware. Um, and they're doing the best they can. Um, and for the most part, um, the the competitions that's very like cutthroat. Um, when you're talking about like the top of the RX divisions and stuff, I don't think there's too much controversy over movement patterns there. Um, as you said yourself, you were even videoing it just in case there was. Um, and if there is any big issues, people can always come to me. I'm wide open to talk about stuff, and if we need to redo things, we can always. But for the most part. I um I think everybody in here tries to act with the highest level of integrity that they can bring to the table. And I think everybody's trying to do the best that they can do without cheating. I don't think anyone intentionally cheated. Right. If I thought you were intentionally trying to cheat it, I would call you up right, right away. I'd be like, hey, what the fuck is this? Um, right. But I don't think that was the case. And I think, you know, I think for myself, even at a certain point, if you look at over the course of the Open, at the course of the events... And then you look at the leaderboard at the end of the day. I think for the most part, it's probably a fair representation. Like you sure. could say like on this one event, like, oh, you know, this person didn't hit depth and got one point ahead of me or whatever yep. it was. But over the course of all the events, you're probably about where you should be, you yep. know? Um, and so I think that was one of the things that I just kept, you know, sort of, because there's always that feeling of like, maybe maybe you see one wall ball that doesn't feel like mm-hmm. it quite's line, but we yep. all get them too. You know, yeah. I'm sure there's they something my both judge ways, didn't right? see. Right. It all over the course of the open, I think it all comes or out. You're doing a, a toes the bar and one foot hits slightly before the other and then your other foot hits and comes down. Well, right. guess what? Technically, that's supposed to be a no rep because right. they're supposed to hit together. But if, you're, if your judge sees both your feet hit and one was a quarter second faster than the other, they're probably going to let it go. Right. Um, and I think that it coming back to the, it's part of the sport. I mean, you saw that with, um, 
was it what I forget if this year was 19 or 20.1 what they called them but that burpee box or the burpee bar facing burpee and uh shoulder ground overhead workout it sure. was like power or maybe it was power snatches specific yep. no you was ground overhead um but because there was this whole thing with the whole like two-footed jump thing yep. where people were watching videos in slow motion of Someone's some of the top scores and you're like just technically one foot leaves in front of the other and it's like well yeah there's like, it's sort of a ticky tacky standard yeah. where it's like no one you, you're not going to get the same millisecond of takeoff so what's sort of the yep. but you just have to accept that like i think overall to what you're saying everyone's trying to do their best ever no one's trying to cut corners mm-hmm. and and you know win by cheating and i don't think anyone did you yep. know i think if and you any at, circumstance where this would be pulled into play the names that are going to go on this trophy would be there with or without any of the circumstances that right. came up out of it. You know what I mean? Whoever won the Open this year earned it in every division, and congratulations. That's yeah. fucking awesome. Next year with the Open, there's one test that we didn't do much of, and it was running. Um, we didn't do much running, and I always battle with that in my head. And the reason I battle with that is because it's the winter. Um, I would love to send you guys out for like a five k summer trail open. Run. I would, yeah, we could. I would love to go like go to a park, um, the real open, move. or you know what would be real cool? Yeah, um, if we could do it for free, I'm sure it'd be hard to do. But like go down to like that triathlon and have that be like one, like the the sprint triathlon yeah. down that I said Yosh and I would do. Bring everybody there. Like this is part of the open. <laughs> Dude, that'd be super. <laughs> but cool. that'd be cool because it would be like. Hey, I kept joking that you had to bring us to the pool one day. Yeah, right. Just watch people panic. (laughs) It's just the logistics aspect that comes in this stuff of like, if I send you out for a 5K, what's weather look like? What's traffic look like? What's all like, or it'd be like around the building. How last year we did like a mile and a half run. Um, That was cool. But with the weather, I don't know how long I want to, like, I know I'm sending you outside for the run row, but that's a minute and a half to two minutes to three minutes um, where a mile and a half for some people that might be like seven or eight minutes, but other people that's. 15 20 minutes yeah do i really want to send you outside in the middle of winter this winter sure i mean yeah. this winter was no big deal like six but i never today. know um so that's the only reason we didn't see more running yeah um i mean maybe next year i'll borrow three more true forms and set up a 5k on the true forms and be like here you guys go here's your running yeah um you never know you never know hey i mean i will throw in my own personal vote i'm down to move it to warmer times at this <laughs> point because it used to be sort of butted against the actual yes. open but now and the I, actual opens in october so 100 i used to use it as a preparation for the actual open where i wanted people to get used <laughs> to being judged and having an event to do every week and something to focus on and that led into the regular open and it was kind of like the preparation phase Mm -hmm. or now it's a standalone thing so we got to look at that a little bit yeah but awesome very glad there's no redo week right there's we are done (laughs) i mean the uh the super competitive part of me is like there's (laughs) there's some stuff i would gladly redo but the uh trying to survive part of me is like oh i can finally go back to just running and swimming (laughs) not (laughs) not thinking about all this so much but absolutely it was a lot of fun i hopefully everyone had a good time yeah um you know congratulations to everyone who won and everyone who didn't win you know congratulations for throwing down congratulations to everyone who participated i think you all did a great job i think i uh, admire you all for putting yourselves outside of your comfort zone doing some stuff that I know you didn't want to do every week. These workouts aren't things that people look at that are like, I really was thinking I wanted to do 20 minutes on the bike. Today. Yeah. That's really what I, like, you know what I mean? Like I admire the fact that you guys f- paid to come in, got a t-shirt and then did um, some stuff that you didn't really want to do. Cause you knew it was going to benefit you and you're going to have fun with it. Yeah. So thank you to everyone who participated. Um, we didn't really have any judging controversies this year. We didn't have any big scoring controversies this year. We didn't have anybody coming to me complaining about anything, really. I think it was a very smooth 
um, event. So thank you for everybody that judged. Thank you to all the coaches that administered the classes that had this going on or going on on the sidelines because I know it's very distracting to be trying to teach a class and have all their shit going on. Um, so thank you to everybody that participated in any way, shape, and form. I think you guys did great. And um, on to next year. Yeah. And I think the last thing that I would throw in, you know, given all sort of the conversations around like how do you get better movement efficiency, whatever, is like <clears throat> obviously when stuff pops up in class, that's great. But two, if you want to grab a coach, yeah. grab another member, you know, I'm always I'm not an expert, but more than happy to look. If you want me to look at you rowing and, you know, give you some pointers, happy to do that. Rome's around, Yosha's around, yeah, Matt Warren, Wakely around, like people are around. And for the most part, I think the people who you see, um, you know, in that sort of top five on the leaderboard in any given division are probably more than happy to talk about how they move. Um, and so if you're like, I want to get better at pull-ups, I want to get better at whatever, you know, there's also personal coaching with yourself and Yosh and whatnot, yeah. but there's plenty of opportunities to, if there are specific skills that you want to develop, um, you're going to continue to get fitter here. You're going to continue to get generally better at all these things. But if there's something you're like, I really want to work on this for the next month, like we're all more yeah. than happy to help that happen. 100%. I mean, um, focused practice is going to help you improve more than anything. Yeah. Even just the last, I mean, for myself, you know, I forget at this point, we're probably like six, six weeks into me running a lot more and slowly ramping it up, getting ready for the 50 mile. So it hasn't been that long a block, but I ran a, a PR 601 mile the other day wow. after I did Fran. Then I did the 2K row cleaning jerk workout. Then I ran four miles and then I ran a PR mile. That's crazy. Talk, which, yeah, hey, I was amped. It was, I, yeah. I paid for it for like two days. After. That's still crazy. Good for you, man. That's but it was, awesome. it was all that just to say that like a couple weeks of specific work can make a really big difference, difference where it definitely paid off just in my Huge overall difference. running and whatnot. So okay. anyway, thank you guys for listening. We'll be yeah. back with another interview most likely next week. Yeah. And, uh, Thanks for listening, guys. See you later. Bye.